0: Laudator Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News.
1: In the headlines this Wednesday, February 28th. Pope Francis invites the faithful to pray for Burkina Faso and for Haiti and for all those suffering war. The Holy Father also denounces the use of landmines, which he says continue to target civilians and children, and he addresses the bishops of the Armenian Catholic Church. In the Vatican, I'm Francesca Merlo. At his weekly general audience, Pope Francis invited the faithful to pray for Burkina Faso and for Haiti, and to not forget the people of Ukraine, of Palestine, and of Israel, and of all those who are suffering due to war. Christopher Wells tells us
2: more.
0: Let us not forget the peoples who are suffering on account of war, Pope Francis said at the conclusion of the weekly general audience. He noted especially the people of Ukraine and of Palestine and Israel, but also so many others afflicted by
2: violence around the world.
0: The Pope went on to call for prayers for victims of recent terror attacks in Burkina Faso. On Sunday, 15 worshipers were killed in an attack on a church in the northern part of the country, while a second attack on a mosque in the eastern part of the country on the same day left dozens of people dead. In a telegram sent on Monday, the Pope expressed the deep affliction felt on hearing of the attacks and assured members of the Catholic and Muslim communities of his closeness and his shared pain. Recalling that hate is not the solution for conflicts, the Pope went on to urge respect for sacred places and called for a fight against violence aimed at the promotion of the values of peace. Pope Francis on Wednesday also called for prayers for the people of Haiti, where crimes and kidnappings by armed gangs continue. According to a recent UN report, more than a 1,000 people were killed, injured, or kidnapped in Haiti in January, making it the bloodiest month for the Caribbean nation in almost two years. Just last week, six religious brothers and a priest were kidnapped in the Haitian capital of Port-au-Prince. I'm Christopher Wells.
1: The international aid organisation Save the Children has sounded the alarm over the desperate humanitarian crisis in Gaza, affecting children especially, calling for an emergency aid to reach them without delay. An estimated 12,500 children have died since the start of the conflict. Thaddeus Jones has this report.
2: The humanitarian aid organisation Save the Children has warned that the bombardments and fighting are worsening a food shortage that's starving the population in the Gaza Strip. The most fragile victims are children who are beginning to die of malnutrition, the organization warns. And while emergency food and medicine is ready for delivery, the process of getting them to those who need them most has been hampered by frequent border closures, the continual fighting and demonstrators blocking trucks with food supplies. Hunger has also led to the spread of diseases, the organization says, and the emergency health facilities still open are barely functioning. Save the Children has issued a heartfelt plea for an immediate ceasefire to silence weapons for good, warning that the lives of 1.1 million children are hanging by a thread, and that in the five months of conflict, more than 12,500 have already been killed, according to Gaza's Ministry of Health. Save the Children has reached over 321,000 people, including over 165,000 children in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, working through local partners with aid, including food baskets, water bottles, hygiene kits, and multi-purpose cash assistance and psychosocial support for children. Save the Children stands by ready to scale up their support, they say, but the basic conditions to reach families need to be established by the international community. In appealing to international leaders and governments, Save the Children says a definitive ceasefire is the only way to save lives in Gaza. I'm Thaddeus Jones.
1: Marking the upcoming anniversary of the Ottawa Mine Ban Treaty, Pope Francis on Wednesday said he is close to victims of anti-personnel mines that he noted continue to target civilians years after hostilities end. As Indeboldi reports, the Pope, who also expressed gratitude for those who work in demining, was speaking during his weekly general audience.
3: Recalling the upcoming 25th anniversary on Friday the 1st of March, of the entry into force of the Convention on the Prohibition of Anti Personnel Mines. Pope Francis expressed his closeness to the many victims of what he called insidious devices, which he said continue to target civilians, innocent people, particularly children, many years after the end of hostilities. They remind us, he said, of the dramatic cruelty of wars and the price civilian populations are forced to bear. In this regard, the Pope continued. I thank all those who offer their contributions to assist the victims and clean up the contaminated areas. Their work, he said, is a concrete response to the universal call
2: to be peacemakers, taking care of our brothers and sisters. universale operatori de pace.
3: The Convention on the Prohibition of Antipersonnel Mines is the international agreement that bans their production and distribution. Currently, there are 164 states' parties to the treaty. 32 countries have not signed, and these include the United States, Russia, China, Myanmar, the United Arab Emirates, Cuba, Egypt, India, Israel and Iran. According to the annual Landmine Monitor report released in November 2023, civilians accounted for 85% of landmine and explosive remnant of war casualties recorded the previous year, half of them
1: children. I'm Linda Bordoni. The Halo Trust is a non-governmental humanitarian organisation operating in 28 countries to clear landmines and other explosive remnants of war left behind by conflicts. Callum P. is head of Region for Central Asia for the Halo Trust, covering specifically their Afghanistan programme. He spoke to Vatican Radio describing the importance of clearing mines and of educating communities about the dangers of contaminated ground as they work to rebuild their lives and livelihoods. For
4: Halo, we are really focused on the people in those countries where conflict has existed. Those people, those families and and, and children that are trying to build a life and a livelihood after conflict has ended. Landmines are a scourge on all those, those countries where they exist. And what we're trying to do is clear places like clinics and schools where ground has been fought over and where explosive items litter the ground and end up causing injury and death to men, women and children, more often than not. So just one landmark will have an effect on the livelihood of an entire family. And the places where we work, uh, Francesca, are those, are those places where food insecurity is so, so bad that families are, are either living in food, food poverty or they are taking the risk of using land where they know there is a threat. Where I'm working in Afghanistan or where I've been uh, too recently, there is a, there is a, a negative coping strategy where... Families who have no other alternative means of employment will collect scrap metal, and they will sell that on for cash. But that scrap metal, in a place like Afghanistan, often is actually an item of unexploded ordnance and so extremely dangerous. So what we see is children and women going out and collecting scrap metal, and when they're doing so, they are injuring or killing themselves as a result. What we're trying to do is educate the population about the dangers of touching unfamiliar metal items like that and then, of course, trying to clear those items themselves so our teams will go out and conduct a rapid sort of assessment and then uh, then destroy items that cause a threat to the population.
1: That was Callum Peebles, Head of Region for Central Asia for the Halo Trust. The dire geopolitical situation in Armenia, the importance of collaboration with the country's Orthodox Church, and the need for bishops to be close to their flocks. These were the themes at the center of Pope Francis' address to the bishops of the Armenian Catholic Church this morning, as Joseph Tolik reports.
5: Last year, more than 100,000 ethnic Armenians were forced to flee the Nagorno-Karabakh enclave after a military offensive carried out by neighboring Azerbaijan. There are fears that another attack may follow. Meeting with Armenian Catholic bishops on Wednesday, Pope Francis asked, how can we not turn our thoughts to Armenia? The First World War, he continued, was supposed to be the last. Yet since then, how many conflicts and massacres have we witnessed? Always tragic and always pointless. Let us all take up the cry for peace, the Pope urged, and above all, let us pray. I pray for you, and I pray for Armenia. Another key topic of the Pope's speech was the importance of cooperation between the Armenian Catholic Church and the Armenian Apostolic Church, an Orthodox body. The Pope touched on this subject twice, and he chose to bring his address to an end with a prayer from St. Nurses the Gracious, a 12th-century Armenian bishop recognized as a saint in both the Catholic and Armenian Orthodox churches. All merciful Lord, the prayer reads, have mercy on those who believe in you, on my beloved ones and on those who are strangers to me, on the living and on the dead even forgive my enemies and those who hate me. Finally, Pope Francis urged the Armenian bishops to remain close to those who they serve. In a world so full of isolation and loneliness, he said, We must ensure that those entrusted to our care feel the closeness of the good shepherd. This includes, he said, priests, especially young ones, who need to feel close to their bishops. The Pope then urged the Armenian bishops to select their successors wisely, picking individuals who will be devoted to the flock, faithful to pastoral care, and not driven by personal ambition. You may well remind me that your church is not large in numbers, the Pope said, yet let us remember that God loves to work wonders with those who are small. I'm Joseph Tulloch.
1: A statement released by the Holy See press office on Wednesday said Pope Francis visited the Gemelli Hospital on Rome's Tiber Island straight after the general audience where he underwent some diagnostic tests. Following the tests, he was driven back to the Vatican. Some scheduled papal audiences were cancelled in the past days as a precautionary measure due to flu symptoms the Pope was experiencing. On Wednesday morning, at the beginning of the Wednesday general audience, he explained to those present in the Paul VI Hall that he still had a cold and he asked one of his collaborators, Monsignor Filippo Ciampanelli to read the catechesis for him. And this week the Holy Father continued his catechesis series on virtues and vices. He discussed the vices of envy and vainglory and suggested ways to combat them both, as Deborah Castellano Luba reports.
6: Dangerous vices are envy and vainglory, but there are remedies to combat each. Pope Francis suggested this during his weekly general audience on Wednesday morning in the Vatican's Paul VI Hall. Speaking first about envy, the Pope recalled that the sin, even as early as in the story of Cain and Abel, proved to be a destructive force fueled by resentment toward others that often leads to deadly hatred. At envy's basis, the Holy Father suggested is a relationship of hate and love. One desires evil for the other, but secretly desires to be like him. At the root of this vice, the Pope noted, is a false idea of God, where we do not accept that God has his own math different from ours. The remedy to envy the Pope suggested lies in St. Paul's exhortation, love one another with brotherly affection, compete in esteeming one another. Meanwhile, vainglory, which is excessive or ostentatious pride, especially in one's own achievements, he said, is marked by an inflated self-esteem and a craving for constant praise. This sin, the Holy Father pointed out, goes hand in hand with the demon of envy. To combat this vice, the Pope suggested following St. Paul's example of boasting of his weakness rather than achievements, which offers an effective way for overcoming vainglory. Pope Francis urged the faithful to imitate St. Paul in knowing that God's grace is sufficient since his power is made perfect in weakness. As we accept and even embrace our weaknesses, the Holy Father suggested, the power of Christ will set us free for a more generous love of others. I'm Deborah Castellana-Lubov.
1: And that brings us to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. For more on these and other stories, we invite you to visit our web portal at vaticannews.va, And you can also catch the latest updates on our Facebook X and Instagram pages. Many thanks go to Bruno Orti in studio. In the Vatican, I'm Francesca Merlo.